The following is a Klabes Online production. Lunch with Klabes and Joe on ClabesOnline.com. And welcome on into another Monday edition of Lunch with Klabes and Joe here on ClabesOnline.com. Watching it either on Facebook or Twitter here on our live feeds. I am Joe Roderick, joined alongside by the man himself. He is Mike Claiborne joining us now. Klabes, what's going on? It's all good, Joe. I am trying to enjoy uh, this warm weather. I'd rather be playing baseball, but you know what? We'll get into that in just a bit, but everything's good so far. I'm getting my Monday off on the right foot. I believe it's supposed to be about feel like 108 later on this afternoon. So whenever we finish <laughs> here, I think is when the, the feel like is going to be around 108 degrees today. I am about 20 steps from the swimming pool. And uh, when this is over with, I'm going to go out and find out just how warm it is. That's I mean, do you I to get in there? I like to get in there when it's nice and warm. I don't yes. want to. I don't want to have to acclimate myself to that. No, none of that. I agree with you wholeheartedly, and uh, I have not put my foot in the water. Last night I was in, and it was it was a little water was a little cold as far as I was concerned. But I think today it'll be simmering, and that'll be good. Yeah, we are uh, powered by Ameren, Illinois, driven by Munganass. Today, we're going to go Munganass Alton Toyota, also sponsored by the home loan expert Ryan Kelly here um, on this show each and every Monday, bringing you the latest in whatever's going on in the uh, in the world of sports. And do want to mention, uh, I, I feel bad for our friend Polo Asensio, who he and I were supposed to be doing that daily Cardinal podcast, and the folks at Munganass Alton Toyota gave him that forerunner, that Toyota forerunner to drive all around St. Louis when he was here for the games and his trip this time got cut short as he, uh, well, he didn't have a reason to stick around with the uh, with the games being canceled. But it's at uh, 850 Homer Adams Parkway in Alton, Illinois, Munganass Alton Toyota. And let's let's get into the Cardinals right now. I, so you you might have heard different than I have, but are we up to 16 positive tests right now? Uh, I believe it's 17, but that isn't that doesn't include. I mean, that includes everybody's staff as well. Uh, Lane Thomas was the most recent one that was confirmed, uh, but I think we're at 17 when you include staff. I think an additional staff member also uh, was found out to have it as well. So that's where we stand. Uh, but, you know, Joe, we're almost at a point because we've been at this for a while. There should be some individuals who should be close to being cleared uh, with regard to the, the time they've been away. So. Um, the good news is I, I think we're turning the corner. The bad news is we still have a lot of people to be concerned about. Uh, and, uh, yeah, people, I, I think, should also note that we, we saw the players put on the IL last week. That is a 10-day injured list, not 10 games. So they'll they, – God, by the time this is all over, there might not be anybody on that injured list. Yeah, you're right. And that's something I think um, when you look at this, you, you kind of hope that that could be the case. Um, and, and that's something we just have to wait and see. I know there was another round of testing today, and that'll be one every day because we're at the point now where you want to test your own guys who have who've been negative. But for those who are trying to come back who, who who contracted it, you know, they have to have two consecutive days of being negative, and then there's another series of tests they have to go through from a uh, cardio standpoint and respiratory standpoint. So with that and that being said, we may be closer to having some of those guys back. But, yeah, we're going to be tested every day. And I wouldn't be surprised, Joe, to see him tested every day for the rest of the year. 
All right, let, let's. I, I want to get into this. I, I don't know if which direction this is going to go, but a, a, a drum that I have been banging on social media these past few days has been what what the hell is the reason for this Springfield team? What what is the reason for this group of guys down in Springfield? Why why cancel the Pittsburgh series when you have 20, 30 healthy members of the Cardinal organization sitting there in Springfield, Missouri? Why not fly them to Pittsburgh and, and have them play this series and stop canceling games? Well, I think there's several reasons. One, you don't have enough players that are major league ready. You have some guys down there that are more in a developmental stage. For instance, you have your first and second, I think, leave all your, your draft choices this year. You do. They're there for instruction. You have some other guys who just got out of A-ball, so they're not ready. And I, I just don't think you have enough major league ready teams. Throw in the logistic challenge that you'd have because – You'd have to fly them in or bus them in. Do you have a hotel that's sanitized to Major League Baseball's liking uh, from a well, security Pittsburgh, standpoint? Pittsburgh, I mean, Pittsburgh should be ready for a team to come there. So if they're if they just switch it up and send them to Pittsburgh, the hotels and the travel that should all be taken care of. I, I think you want to make sure you have a competitive balance here. Uh, so what again, was the point of having the, the Springfield team? Because you want to keep some guys fresh and sharp and you want to instruct other guys. I, I Again, like the, the draft choices of this year, a Nolan Gorman, a, a Libertor, players like that who just finished their first year pro ball, uh, they're not ready to play in the, a major league team. And I, whether it's Pittsburgh or the New York Yankees, they're not ready. So there was more of a development issue for them. Now, if you want to talk about players who would be ready, yeah, I think Carlson would be in that category. Uh, you've got a couple of pitchers that are probably on the cusp of, of at least getting a shot. But that, that cover is not uh, thick enough to have that many players that can help you win. And you want to put a competitive team on the field. So that, that's more of a – it's more of an advanced spring training or, you know, when you have rookie league ball, you know, right after guys get drafted and they sign and they go right to instructional ball. That's what this is more about. So I, I, that's the, I mean, was there a mistake made in, in planning no. for this? Because no. at, at some I mean, every they team have, like that, no team has that many players that are major league ready in their organization. And if you look around, you're even seeing teams making subtle deals now because they know they're tapped out as far as people who can help them in the big leagues. Yeah, we saw the Marlins had to do that. The Marlins yeah. were taking guys that were DFA'd from, from really bad teams. And, 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 and that's the point. Team. Because they don't want to – and here's another thing. You don't want to start the clock on service time on guys that you don't even know are ready to play or, or you know they're not ready to play, but you don't even know if they can really be contributors. Now, you drafted them, you signed them, thinking that would be the case, but you're looking at a window that may open two years, three years down the road before you run them out on a big league field. And I, I just I, – I think that there should have been just something in case of an outbreak because now you're looking at – a situation where you have 55 games on the schedule and you have about 50 days to complete all of these and it's it's going to be a mess and you're taking away games from uh, it's it's not fair to the cubs the pirates the brewers the the tigers it's not fair to some of these teams that are missing out on games and now you're expecting these games i mean thursday was supposed to be a doubleheader a makeup game doubleheader and we're expecting this Cardinal team now to have no cases, put them back in a plane, 
and fly them up to Chicago for six days. No, I, I wouldn't go that far. I, I don't think you would take everybody. I mean, there are going to be some guys that may be cleared to play. There are going to be other guys that still have to go through the process of, of quarantine. So you're going to get guys back a little bit at a time, just like you lost guys a little bit at a time. But you have to make sure that when you have people back that they're all clean and you, you can't put them on a plane or on a bus if you're not sure. Um, to, do you to still fly them up there? Do you still fly up there for that? Is that are you still? Is, are yeah, you still that, that's an up? option. I mean, yeah, you you. I mean, a bus is an option. Make them drive up there, Legion Ball style. Everybody, well, you know, four to a car. I think that that's an option. Uh, I think they would like to keep them closer quartered, so I think a bus would probably serve best. But you know. I guess the question is, can you sanitize a bus as well as you can sanitize a plane? I mean, we don't know, you know, what what actually works and what doesn't work. Yeah, we're spraying stuff down, but I don't know if it, if it actually works to the level that you think it should. So I'm not sure what method of travel would be best here. You've traveled with the Cardinals. You know how that how that works. Uh, think of how many people they might interact with. Uh, getting onto a plane as opposed to getting onto a bus? Um, so here's how it works. You go through security and that's at a table and they check your ID. You don't really have any physical contact where you just hand them your ID. Uh, you board the plane. You have flight attendants who uh, serve you food and obviously they're going to be covered. And that's it. And the only other the only other person you're going to encounter is the bus driver when you land. There, there's nobody else that's going to be in touch with you. No baggage handlers, none of that stuff. So the difference is flight attendants opposed to bus drivers. But then who's going to serve food on the bus unless you have box lunch? And I'm sure that's what they're doing now. I'm sure we're not getting the same, you know, steak and lobster or whatever the, the menu may order. Uh, that's that's taken out of the heaters. I'm sure there's some box lunches along the way. Pretty good ones, I'm sure. So we, we've we've seen the press conferences or uh, the the media sessions that Mo has been doing almost every night. What do you think his confidence level is of this team getting back on the field come Thursday or Friday? Well, he's got to feel like the, the you know, I, I think he's got to feel like he the, the light is at the end of the tunnel. Okay, you, you've contracted it. You've addressed it. The, the list is getting smaller compared to larger. And if you can do that and eventually eliminate it, then, you know, mission accomplished. But I think he's got to feel better about his team this week than he did on uh, Friday mm. when, when, all the, when more tests came back or the week before uh, because the rate is, is slowing down compared to increasing. I don't know if you saw the uh, you when you mentioned the Marlins and who they have to call up and some of these other teams. Uh, a story we we talked about this uh, this past weekend. Eddie Alvarez was called up to play second base for the Marlins this past week. He was a 2014 Olympian in speed skating. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's come down to that. I, I think you have to look at this. There just isn't as much talent out there as you think, and. They think a guy like Eddie Alvarez is somebody they can short-term compared to burning a good prospect who's not ready to go. Uh, and here's the other thing you have to take into account. How many guys who aren't in somebody's camp are still in shape that can contribute? They've been gone. They've been off for four months. So 
there aren't that many guys that are going to be close to being baseball ready unless they're already in your camp. Yeah. And if they weren't part of your, your deal in July, then they're not ready to play. Yeah. I, I believe that whatever I read about him, he was the first Olympic athlete to go and play a pro sport that wasn't the sport he played in the Olympics. I think the first one since Jim Thorpe. <clears throat> I'd have to think about that one. No, Bob Hayes would be in that category. What did Bob he Hayes, Bob Hayes was a track and field guy who went to play football for the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. He's what a matter of fact, Bob Hayes was a world record holder in 1964. Okay. And then he went to the Dallas Cowboys to play there. Uh, Michael Carter was a shot putter who ended up playing for the 49ers. So there have been a number of guys who have gone from the Olympics to go uh, play a professional sport. Um, I can give you probably a couple more if I if I really scratch my head on it, but it, it's happened before. Jim Thorpe probably the most prominent one, considered oh, yeah. the greatest athlete of his era. Uh, but but Bob Hayes wasn't chopped liver either. Bob Hayes changed the way football is played defensively. Uh, Bob Hayes is the reason there's his own defense. Bob Hayes is the reason why they moved the hash marks into the middle of the field because nobody man on man could cover him when he went out in motion. And that's why they have the zone defense because guys couldn't cover. And he still, if I'm not mistaken, has the highest yardage per catch average in the NFL. I think every time he touched it was worth 23 or 24 yards. That's why I bring this stuff up here on the show. I get educated by you for <laughs> uh, for that. I, another team, actually two teams that might need to be digging into their minor league systems, the A's and the Astros. I expect some suspensions, some punishments might be coming there. If if people I, and I I don't blame anybody if they've kind of checked out on Major League Baseball while the Cardinals aren't playing, don't blame them one bit. But we we kind of expected there would be some bad blood around baseball involving the Astros mm -hmm. this year. Well, it wasn't because the Astros were getting hit. It's because they were hitting other players, and there was a bench clearing brawl this uh, this past day uh, Sunday. There was a, a bench clearing brawl as I want to make sure I get the guy's name right, Ramon. Lorena or Loreno? Yes. Ramon Loreno, after getting hit by a pitch for a second time in the game, walks down to first base. You see the Astros hitting coach, Alex Cintron, start chirping at him, coming up from the dugout, chirping at him, and Ramon just goes on a dead sprint towards him. Bench is clear. I guess you could say the stand's clear because some of the players were, were sitting in, in the, the stand. stand. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You know what was funny about that? Uh, you know, when you're right about the benches clearing, and then you could actually hear guys yelling at each other and screaming because normally the fans would be going nuts in a situation like that. But, you know, I'm surprised that we haven't seen more of it. Uh, I know Major League Baseball has sternly warned every team and every manager you can't do it. But you have to remember, Oakland got shortchanged too by Houston. So they, they got something to be pissed off about also. And – I don't have a problem. You know, that, that guy, that center fielder, he's one of the better defenders in the game. So they didn't lose. They, they lost a pretty important player. And as well as Oakland is playing right now, um, you know, I think they wanted to take it out on Houston. And you know what? At some point, Joe, Houston might have to start nailing a few guys, too, to, just to protect their hitters. Well, and, and also, too, I believe it was five total A's were hit by the Astros this mm -hmm. weekend. Zero Astros were hit which you would think at some point there would have been some kind of retribution there. But Mike Fires is actually a member of the Oakland Athletics. And yes. if you remember, he is the, the whistleblower 
on the uh, on the trash can banging uh, cheating scandal that the Astros. Well, he was the one. That, yeah, he 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 got the party started. Yep. Um, and he he if, had he not spoken out, we would still be assuming or just whispering about it because he put it on record on what was going on. So there's obviously bad blood. And, you know, I got to be honest with you, Joe. I was a little surprised that I didn't see anybody actually go after him from Houston. Yeah, I didn't I really see thought, him in the mix there. I didn't yeah, see I didn't, how close he got yeah, into that. I mean, they had some bad camera angles. We really couldn't tell. But I didn't see a half a dozen guys piling onto him. Or I didn't see anybody, you know, punching with him. You know, these, these baseball fights are really kind of a waste of everybody's time because nobody really – throws a lot of punches. Nobody really gets hurt. Um, there was an old adage, baseball players fight like seniors have sex. Then that's much, not much goes on when it's all said and done. If you want to rank the four major sports when it comes to fighting, obviously hockey's number one. Hockey's up there. I, I got to tell you, though, I think baseball is second because in the NBA, you see a lot of swings and misses when it comes to punching. And in the NFL, they're always punching with the helmet still on. Well, it that, makes no that, sense. NFL is the dumbest. Why am I going to yes. hit a guy with a helmet strapped on? You're going to break your um, hand before you hurt them at all. You know, that's a good question because I don't really think – you're right about basketball because they break it up pretty quick. You know, back yeah. in the old days, you you get a couple of guys that would square off. And, you know, in the, in the days of the ABA, you know, you'd have some guys just straight up, let's go. Oh, and, yeah. And, and nobody was going to get in the way. Um, baseball, I'm just trying to think of the last good one. I mean, we've had some guys run out and swing and miss and maybe get one punch in. But I haven't seen a good one. Man, you know, I'm going to tell you a good one. They always get broken. I mean, the catcher is right no, there to tackle them from behind. And one of the best ones was when Atlanta was playing. Was it San Diego? This was back in the eighties. And Pasquale Perez, they kept throwing at him. They couldn't hit him, and and he was throwing at people. And they chased him, and it spilled into the dugout. I mean, it was a huge brawl, and, and that might have been one of the best ones I've seen. We've seen some other ones. You know, Amir Garrett, I loved Amir Garrett when he went into Pittsburgh's dugout and won a piece of And you got to love those guys, man, who just say, I don't need any help. You know, I, well, can, I can pick this guy out and I'll handle him myself. The guy from the A's, I mean, he ran dead sprint right into the A's, or the Astros dugout. Yeah. He was right. yeah. So there's a video that's been making the rounds on Twitter this past week, and I'm sure when I explain it, you'll you'll remember it because I don't know who was involved. But it was it looked like it was something from the 70s or 80s. A player, a, a pitcher threw and missed, uh, threw behind a batter. The batter kind of stood there, looked at him, and said, Okay, is that how you're going to do it? And then he laid down a bunt down the first base line with the next pitch. And instead of running to first base, yeah. he ended up putting a shoulder down yeah. into the pitcher. I, I remember, but I can't tell you who the players were. I do remember that. I, you know, was it Albert Bell? No, 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 this was, this no. was 70s or 80s. No, Albert Bell, that was him that's and Fernando Vina. Yeah, that's when he steamrolled Vina. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you're this, and you just see what's great about this is the umpires. You see two of the umpires in this one, and you just see one umpire just throw his hands up and back away and just say, <laughs> let him go. Let me tell you, if you watch yesterday's last Diaz, he walked toward the pile and then he just said, you know, nothing good is going to happen if I get in. And he just backed up and walked away. He went, he went and got a soda or something. I don't know. But he wanted nothing to do with it. All you can do 
as an umpire is just take some names of the most aggressive guys. And now with video, Major League Baseball can also determine who gets what kind of punishment. The uh, I'm trying to think. I'm looking ahead and looking. I, I can't recall if we've had a brawl in this day in Cardinal history yet, but one of the uh, – or if we have one coming up. But I know that one of the um, – the one we have today is a good one from 1995 when there was a forfeit because of the uh, the baseball. Oh yeah, game. yeah. Saturday yeah. night out in uh, L.A. Saturday night out in L.A. and they had baseball night and and we'll let Rick Hummel tell that story, but it was a good one. Uh, yeah. Regarding, yeah, you know, they get a little little loose out there in L.A. and they got bored. They were getting their brains beat out, and you know they start throwing the balls. It was a dangerous situation though. Yeah, I could have truly gotten hurt. Yeah, Rick Hummel tells the story as uh, as you mentioned, and you can catch up with all of those this day in Cardinal histories. All of them, but they're about three, four minutes long. Each one of them is. We have uh, Jack Buck audio from 1970 coming up on tomorrow's this day in Cardinal history. So fans will get a chance to hear uh, hear Jack Buck on the call 50 years ago mm. uh, for this day in Cardinal history. Uh, brought to you by uh, Ameren, Illinois, and Munganas St. Louis Acura. Another sponsor here is our friend Ryan Kelly, who, uh, Claves, I know you had a chance to talk with the home. Yeah, he, I would talk to him the, today. And you know what? These interest rates are like below two. And this is a great time if you're looking to buy a house. You can They can get you pre-approved and get you all, get your paperwork squared away. So you'll know exactly how much you can go out and spend on a nice home. And let's face it. Other than investing in your, your family, your home is the most important thing you're going to ever invest in. And with Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert, they've got so many different programs that are available to you. But with the rates being as low as they are, I couldn't think of a better time than to at least make the phone call or go online and check it out and maybe get some questions answered. Because let's face it, Joe, we don't go out and buy houses very often. And there are a lot of things about getting financed that you probably wouldn't think of. That's why Ryan, Ryan Kelly and the home loan expert, uh, that's who he is. Uh, they can take care of you and give you a little bit more confidence and a lot more information in making the right decision. Absolutely. Hey, let's talk St. Louis Blues. The round robin is done. They have played the Stars. They played the Avalanche. They played the, uh, the Golden Knights. They lost all three games. They scored first, though, in all three games, but they came out on the losing end. Doesn't matter, though. They're still in the playoffs as the round of 16 gets underway uh, this week, and they will face the Vancouver Canucks, which, ironically, is who they would have faced if they were the one seed and mm -hmm. the playoffs were the same way. Canucks are the eighth seed, but everything now, since they're in one hub, everything is getting reseeded every round. So uh, the uh, the number one seed is always playing the worst seed available, but it's going to be Blues, Canucks, and the Blues so far, you heard, I had Cam Jansen on this past weekend. Uh, By the way, that was one of the best visits you've had. I thoroughly I, enjoyed it. I really, I have, I have, I have known Cam for years. I've had interviews with him and that is the most fired up. And I think the, the loosest that it's ever been between the two of us. And it probably helps not having to be on radio to, uh, to do an interview like that. By the way, he's on the Cam and Strick podcast. You can find that it's, uh, God, that, that's a really, really popular uh, hockey podcast going on right now, and uh, and it's only going to get better with the with the playoffs. But he was not happy with the way the Blues played through two games, and I imagine the way they lost yesterday's game didn't uh, didn't make him too happy either. Your thoughts on the uh, on the Blues? 
Well, you know, he I, he and I talked yesterday. It's, it's funny you even bring it up, and, and he's still a little steamed about how those first – because, you know, one of the things, when you're in that situation, everybody's not going full board. They're trying not to get hurt. They just want to get the bearings, get the timing down. Uh, they know they're in the playoffs. They know they're going to have a good seed. But I was uh, – I'm a, I'm a little concerned. I didn't see enough out of some people. I didn't see enough. I mean, they were very undisciplined yesterday. A lot of penalties yesterday. A lot of, a lot of bad penalties, so to say. Um, and I'm concerned that if they feel that they can just show up and say we're the St. Louis Blues, that they can just push the start button and they're going to go back to being the team that we saw them be uh, as winning the Stanley Cup and also going into the, the, the COVID set, shutdown. I don't think it's that easy because I think there's some teams that are playing some really good hockey. You know, we talk about Colorado, who is they're the cream of the crop as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and then you look at Vegas. Uh, Vancouver is a dangerous hockey team. They've got size. They've got youth. They skate well. Goaltending is, is okay. I think if there's one concern, they're very young, but they, they've drafted well. They've got some good young players. Uh, and if the Blues stub their toe early, you do not want to play catch up against a team like the Canucks. Fortunately, the, the good thing about the Blues is the fact you don't deal with the travel. I remember the last time the Blues faced the Canucks in the playoffs, and that's when the Blues, uh, interestingly enough, contracted the flu, and the flu wiped them out, not to mention Todd Bertuzzi and some big muscle that they had. They just they separated Al McKinnis' shoulder. Never forget, and that's when the, the glass at that time wasn't it wasn't forgiving i mean he they just basically you were running into a brick wall but this is going to be a very challenging series for the blues and they have to get off on the right foot now i know some people say man they'll just come out and just smoke these guys i don't know if it's that easy uh because these teams have now played well enough and and have some games under the belt blues aren't playing with a lot of confidence right now so i'm a little concerned the uh, As I mentioned, the Canucks were going to be the eight seed if the season ended the way it was supposed to. Both 12 seeds advanced in the 12-5 matchups. The Blackhawks and the, uh, and the Canadians both made the, uh, both made the field of 16. So, so far, the, the bubbles, the NHL bubbles have provided some entertainment that way. I, I got to say, though, I figured being in the bubble and being the Stanley Cup champions – the Blues would have gotten a little bit of help with the start times of these games for the local crowd. Well, yes and no. Uh, you know, I, I think you have to take into account what the network's looking for, what 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 games would be prime for them. Even though the Blues are Stanley Cup champion and they get good numbers here in St. Louis, uh, and now you don't have the Rangers involved, uh, the Blackhawks weren't playing, um, I, you know, it, it was a little bit different. Now, the reason why the Blues are going to get some bad start times now against Vancouver, because all those games will be on Fox Sports Midwest because the networks won't touch a team out of Canada unless it's the finals. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason for NBC to say, let's put the Blues on because they're playing the Vancouver Canucks. And if you don't think people know a lot about the Blues, they know even less about the Vancouver Canucks as far as, you know, being a West Coast team. So they're on late at night. They got a young team that a lot of people wouldn't be able to identify with. They don't have a, a, a bona fide superstar. Now, Pedersen is a guy that can certainly fill that mold one day, and so can Hughes. But they're, they're, not, they're not household names. They're not Crosby. They're not Malkin. They're not Marshawn. They're not guys that people are familiar with. 
So we won't see the Blues on national TV for a while. Yeah, it's uh, game one. Is it Wednesday for game one? Wednesday, nine thirty. And I look. I used to love those games when I could stay awake. So that means I'll have to take a nap. But those games, when they would play out west, those are fun games, especially in Vancouver. That's a great building they played in. Unfortunately, we won't be playing in it this time around. But it's going to be fun. And I think Joe, because they've 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 gotten themselves acclimated to the bubble, they've got games under their belt. They know what to expect, so they now know how to self-motivate. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and you know what? If we had a Cardinal baseball game leading into yeah. a Blues yeah. hockey playoff game, that would have been even nicer. But we're at least not getting that Wednesday. Hopefully, we get it by uh, by Friday. Hopefully, by that Friday Fingers game. Up. Yeah, which Fingers I believe up. the Friday game is a game two or game three that has the earlier start time. I think it's, I think game, it's game two. two. Yeah, so I think that's yeah, so that would be Blues leading into Cardinals mm-hmm. if we could Although get the, the Cardinals uh, would be playing in, what, in Chicago this weekend. Yeah, they're at the White Sox this yeah. weekend. The the Cubs next week, so it would be a it would be a night game up in Chicago. Well, we'll see. That's just <laughs> you know what, man. I, I quit crossing my fingers on that situation, man, because it's obviously not obviously not working. Hey, uh, big news today out of the NCAA. Uh, the overnight, uh, the uh, Power Five conferences, or at least the players from the Power Five conferences, came out with the hashtag "We Want to Play," which uh, we saw how well that worked for the baseball players when they did that uh, on Twitter. But the Power Five conferences, it looks like I'm going to guess four of the five will uh, have their fall seasons postponed by the end of i'm going to say by the end of tomorrow i'm going to say they all will by the end of tomorrow i mean if if you're four of the five then the 15 elects not to do it who are they going to play the sec will play each other yeah well i I don't i don't think that's going to work because i think there are just too many issues that come into play with that uh and i know there's still a lot of logistical issues that will come into play even if they do play in the spring and for these kids who, they, you know, this is why I, you love youth. They want to play, and they're not thinking about anybody but themselves no. with regard to who they could spread it to. They're going to classes. At least they're supposed to be in classes on campus. Um, and they could affect other people. So why take the risk? And that's no guarantee that by next year that we'll have a, a vaccine that's going to help us fight this but right now isn't the time and i just think it's their youth and immaturity maybe selfishness that really uh is coming into play here uh it's not a safe thing to do no matter what you think multiple star players in college football tweeted out this graphic along with the hashtag we want to play hashtag we are united it went on to say we all want to play football this season establish universal mandated health and safety procedures and protocols to protect college athletes against COVID-19 among all conferences throughout the NCAA give players the opportunity to opt out and respect their decision Guarantee eligibility, whether a player chooses to play the season or not. Use our voices to establish open communication and trust between players and officials. Ultimately, create a college football players association. And this is from representatives of the players of all Power 5 conferences. So you just had some red flag words there. Representation, for one. 
That the NCA runs from that. My question to them would be: the only thing we've seen that that is close to working is put. We're we going to put college football on the bubble because that seems to be the only. Because it's not working in baseball. The NBA seems like they've got things under control, as does as does the WNBA, and certainly the National Hockey League is doing a phenomenal job. So if they want to play. All right, you're all quiz kids. You guys allegedly go to class. Come up with an idea or a way we can put all of the NCA under the bubble, and then we'll think about it. We don't have that kind of time, son. We don't. I mean, it's it's noble to to make these requests, but it doesn't. It, you don't have enough legs to make it run. And unless you can guarantee isolation and putting these kids in a bubble, then it's not going to work. When you look at the NCAA's future, losing they they had to cancel all their spring sports in 2020. Or I, I, yeah, they had, they had to end. I mean, they stopped short of having the NCAA tournament, the basketball tournament. Then all the spring sports were canceled. But those aren't the money makers. The NCAA tournament that's a money maker. And now you're losing your biggest money maker in college football for the season. What is that going to do? I, I guess it's a few different parts of a question. Because what's that going to do to the lower conferences? Like, let's just say the MAC or the Sunbelt conferences that don't have much money to begin with. What's that going to do to all of the other sports that these colleges run who they rely on the money football brings in to operate for the most part? And then what does it do for just the NCAA as a business as a whole if you're losing this much money from having to cancel football? Well, I, I think what you have to do is start looking at maybe taking out some loans. Um, maybe you work with the government. I don't know how well that's going to go over for other industries. Uh, but you may have to go to your banker and say, hey, look, we need money. You know, and it's a good it's a good loan. It's a good, good loan. I mean, you know, you're going to get it back because we will resume playing. You know, these universities don't want to be on the hook. And here's the one thing we need to take into account. Very seldom for the Power Five conferences, you know, they're separate from the university as far as money is concerned. They go out and raise their own money, whether it's ticket sales, merchandise, you know, you, there's a lot of different ways to raise money. They don't take a lot of money from the university. Now, the football coach has a base salary. It may be $400,000, but it's not going to be something excessive. And then the rest of the money that is added on to that coach's salary is through the athletic department, which in a lot of cases is separate from the university itself. So it would be incumbent upon those athletic departments to be able to go try and secure a loan. Now, the question would be, what kind of collateral do you have for something of this nature? I think you can be creative enough to be able to find a way to, to at least help lessen the blow. Yeah, Dan Patrick was the first to report this morning that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were going to cancel their college football seasons as of tomorrow. We've already seen the Big Ten voted to cancel their football season. They did that earlier today by a vote of 12-2. to two. Iowa and Nebraska were the only two teams, or only two schools, that wanted to try and play this year. The ACC and the Big 12, they are undecided. The SEC, they want to play. So they don't care. SEC, you know, they, they 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 look at this as these kids are sacrificial lambs as far as they're concerned. They don't they don't give a damn about these kids. Um, and that whole student athlete bullshit is just that bullshit. So they they we knew they were going to forge ahead. 
I they, mean, I mean he, they already get they they you know they, enough times they try to get two teams into the into the playoffs anyway. Why not run it and just have all four teams be from the SEC and run a four team playoff yeah. at the end of the year for that? Yeah, they can go and then then you know and and here's the other thing that really hey, Mizzou would be ranked in the top twenty five. First time in a long time. Here, here's what really rubs me the wrong way. Um, these schools in, in the NCAA is culpable also. They know these kids want to play, and these kids will say and do and sign anything to play. They come down with COVID, and maybe they don't die, but maybe there's a, a, a respiratory or another health issue that's lingering, and there's no recourse. They don't, they don't supplement them. They don't do anything to help them. You can't sue them because they get you to sign a piece of paper that you just signed. You don't, there's nothing you can do about it. Either you sign it or you don't play. And they won't allow you to have a representative to look it over or negotiate what they think is fair. So they got you. And these kids, and, and this is where parents need to step in too. You know, you, you should, if, as a parent, you should make sure that your kid is protected in a lot of cases that they're not. And how you fix it, I don't know. I, I just think don't play. Now, some people will say, well, that could cost me my career. Well, it could cost you a lot more things, too. And if you're a good player, NFL will find you. They always do. Yeah, that's I mean, with the, the that's my same thing with the argument that I've seen parents make about their high school athletes. If, if they're good enough, it'll it'll happen. Yeah. And if they're not good enough, then maybe they should take another class. Find a yeah. major. Uh, finally, the uh, the PGA Championship held yesterday, the first major of the 2020 season, and it was won by was it Colin Morikawa? Is that the uh, how you say is uh, close, enough. close enough? All right, you're uh, you're the uh, you're you're the golf guy here too on the uh, on the show. How much of it did you watch this weekend? I watched a lot of it, uh, and I was I was impressed. You know, the, the problem that you have when you play out in, in San Francisco in that area, you know, guys have on sweaters and fleeces, you know, and you say, well, what part of the world are they in? Because, you know, it's always cold in California or in San Francisco at that time of the year. But I, I was impressed with a lot of young golfers. Uh, I got to be honest with you, I didn't know much about Colin before this weekend. I knew he was a good player in college. Uh, and I know he had started to make his way up the ladder, but I never saw him being part of the, the, the final run on Sunday. But overall, I thought it was a pretty good tournament. Uh, I was amused by some of the trash talking that apparently exists between uh, Brooks Kepka and just about anybody else on tour. And, and you know what's, what's funny about that, Joe? They act like they're going to kick somebody's ass at the tee box or something. Like, okay, I heard what you said. I got a nine-iron in my – just go sit down. You know, nothing's going to happen. But I appreciate guys who are honest about how they feel about some of these guys. And, you know, some of these guys are real pains in the asses, okay? Like uh, Bryson DeChambeau was a guy nobody wanted to play with because he took forever to play. He was even penalized last year by PGA – so he's a guy that people didn't want to play with. So, you know, you have guys that have their issues. But I thought overall it was a good tournament. Um, we still hope that Tiger can can do better. Uh, he didn't play that bad. But, you know, these guys are dropping in the mid-60s. And you, you you can't be two under every day and expect to win a tournament like this. you you got to go a little lower, as, even though they challenge you with the obstacles of, of rough and, you know, planting a tree here and just the layout of the green, things of that nature. Pen placement can be a little bit of a challenge. But overall, I thought it was a good tournament. And I, I think we probably appreciated it more, Joe, 
because that's the one neat thing about playing on the West Coast. It, it almost kind of runs into prime time where you can get some things done during the day and you can take that thing in the early evening and, and really feel like this could be your evening watching. And with us not having any baseball, it was perfect for St. Louis. Yeah. The, uh, the, the leaderboard, I mean, it had a lot of big names on it. Uh, you, <laughs> Paul Casey, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, uh, DeChambeau that you mentioned, Justin Rose, uh, all, all names that finished in the top 10. So they, they definitely had the names in there for, uh, for that. So what's the, the, US, the U.S. Open's the next one, right? Next month, yes, yeah. and uh, we'll see how that unfolds. Um, I don't know how close they are to getting fans back. I know we had a tournament scheduled here in St. Louis, a senior PGA event at Norwood Hills Country Club that was canceled on Thursday. Um, you know, these tournaments that they're holding, they're losing money, okay? They don't have any fans. They're not selling any merchandise. They're not doing the things that they are accustomed to doing. So at some point, Will the PGA and will, you know, the USGA start to think about saying, well, maybe we can have a gallery that's spaced properly. I don't know if that's something there, they're, how close they are to it, but it would be interesting to see how that would work. Yeah. And I, you're still, I mean, even if you let in a limited amount, you're still mm -hmm. not making that money back. Yeah. You, you're not making a lot of money, but you're making some, you know, I mean, when you have an event like this, and I think if you ask anybody who was involved in the PGA last year, they made a small fortune. I mean, a small fortune because, A, they had a large attendance. But, B, man, people buy this stuff, man. They buy the merchandise. They buy the concessions. I mean, it's it's a moneymaker when it's done right. Yeah. But if you don't have that, then, you know, you might as well not have the tournament in some cases unless you have a really good TV deal and there's another way, you know, your sponsors can help you write it off. Yeah. Well, next week, uh, hopefully next Monday, we have Cardinal baseball to talk about. If not, we're going to do ask claims. We're going to figure out what the uh, what's going on with this Cardinal season. And if not, I know you mentioned it last week uh, that you wanted to do a mailbag. If we don't have Cardinal baseball, if the, somehow that White Sox series gets canceled this weekend, we'll we'll throw the mailbag idea out there. The mailbag. Yeah. We, we can't let the current postal service handle it though. They had that purge over the weekend, so it's no telling when I'm going to get my mail. So we'll have to go another route. <laughs> we'll we'll go Gmail. We'll go to Gmail bag for uh for this weekend. Uh but we'll see we'll see what happens there. Who do you have lined up this week? I know you got a oh, uh, list of names that you're going to be putting interviews up uh, Well, for. we're going to have Darren Pang on. He's going to join us. Jack Flaherty scheduled a visit with us this week. Um, I'm going to try and run down Andy Rogers from MLB.com. Marley Rivera from ESPN is going to join us late in the week. Uh, Shane Scott, who is uh, very in tune with the uh, COVID testing. Uh, we're going to visit with him and just kind of get another opinion and observation of how this thing is actually supposed to work. Um, so we've got those folks lined up. Dr. Rick Lehman is going to join me. So we're going to have a lot of content up this week starting today. And uh, I would just suggest to all of our viewers and listeners, uh, just keep coming back because we're going to have some fresh stuff up and uh, hopefully we'll have some more Cardinal talk uh, because we'll be talking about games. Uh, we're also going to try and figure out if there's no college football, what is the NFL going to do? And I was going to ask you this question, Joe. What makes the NFL different than, than college football other than the fact they're getting paid to go out here and, and contract COVID? I, I would imagine just having more money to make things even safer and you you don't have to go around all the bs of players maybe having to take class or do you know interact yeah. with 
bullet, you have you could actually I, I feel like it's easier to take a football team of 60 and put them in a hotel and keep them there all week than it would be for these college football teams of 100 and put them on a campus where there's so many other people. So are they going to put guys in a hotel for a whole season? I, I've the idea that I like that I've seen is to if if it's too late now to even probably start talking about this, but a bubble in Texas, where you have so many football fields down there, and you can make a bubble happen down there in and have these guys within an hour or two drive of each other, but you're you're too far removed from that. I think I think you're oh too you're done man. September. You can, yeah. yeah you're done. I, I I just think that they're looking. This is. This will be the biggest train wreck of sports when the NFL gets started. Uh, you can't even sequester these guys. You can't even sequester them when they're in training camp. So I, I just find it really challenging, and I think they're going to really have a, a – I, I don't want to see it. I, I'm not hoping for it, but I just I anticipate this not going well. Yeah. By the way, I did want to mention, too, you mentioned the uh, the Cardinal talk. We will have a uh, new This Day in Cardinal History each and every day up on the website. I mentioned tomorrow's audio from 1970, a Jack Buck call. We also have audio uh, coming up on Wednesday from 1979 and audio on Thursday from 1971. So for the uh, for the older Cardinal fans out there that watch this, that listen to this, they will very much enjoy the uh, the callbacks that they will hear from uh, from great moments in Cardinal history, uh, along with some other newer ones too. Uh, a few things from the '90s and uh, the uh, the 2000s. So lots of uh, we're all over the place with uh, with that coming up, and we will also have uh, stuff on the website too from Alex Ferrario. I was about to bring him up. He's going to yep. join us tomorrow as well. So we'll get a little bit of a bird's eye view of what this playoff run is going to look like. So a jam-packed week. Uh, continue keeping us uh, keep uh, downloading everything, and uh, hopefully you are enjoying the content that we provide each and every day right here on Claves Online. It's lunch with Claves and Joe, as we are powered by Amron, Illinois, driven by Munganass Alton Toyota, and also sponsored by the Home Loan Expert. He's Ryan Kelly. You can find him online at thehomeloanexpert.com. For Mike Claiborne, I'm Joe Roderick. We will talk to you, I guess, all week long, and we'll see you next Monday.